0: Thank you for joining us for the Cross Loganville podcast as we continue our way through the book of James. So if you got your Bibles, James chapter 3 verses 13 through 18 is where we're going to be today. And I'm so thankful for our staff. We have an incredible staff of guys here. Uh, Looking back over the month of July, Rick brought the word on July 4th. Uh, Dustin uh, brought the word on July 11th. Nick spoke last week, very powerful time. But we have a very unique team of guys here that love God and uh, are, are, are incredible communicators of the word. Here's what I would tell you as we start our conversation today. Every day we encounter people. And unless you're living on an island, hibernating and isolating, you encounter people. And when you do, what you're dealing with are humans that have been created by God in the image of God who are made from dirt. Uh, That's what we meet every day. And so when you see the image of God, it speaks of the potential that exists inside of each and every one of us because we've been created in the image of God. But when you see that God made us from dirt, it screams that we all have limitations and an expiration date. But the interesting thing is, as we deal with people, some people are a delight and some people are difficult. And some people are inspiring and some people are very irritating. And some of our greatest problems in life are a result of personality conflicts and dealing with people. I can tell you this, after being on this planet for 58 years and after walking with Jesus for some 35 years, learning how to get along with others is one of the keys to life. James basically is laid out. Hey, you say you have faith? Your faith is going to have feet. Your faith faith is going to have action to it. And even Nick broke down last week. Oh, you've got faith? It's going to be revealed in how you talk and how you control your tongue and and how you bless others instead of cursing others. You, You say you have faith? It's going to lead to action. Verse 18 here. I want to land there and then I'm going to back up. But it says this those who are peacemakers sow seeds of peace. They will plant seeds of peace and they will reap a harvest of righteousness. Think about it. Every day, every one of us are sowing seeds into relationships. And reality is, what we sow, we will also reap. When you sow seeds of hate and anger and jealousy and resentment, you're going to reap death. But when you start to sow those seeds of life, of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, kindness, etc., you're going to reap health and life as a result of it. Every one of us are sowing seeds every day. And so you've got to ask the question, am I a peacemaker I want to contrast being a peacemaker with a peacekeeper. I want you to think about this. Peacemakers sow seeds of peace, not peacekeepers. Peacekeepers, they walk on eggshells, they try not to upset anybody, They're, they're hesitant, they will not share how they really feel because they're constantly trying to avoid conflict and turmoil. They will dodge conflict and even apologize for things they haven't done because they're peacekeepers. Peacekeepers will oftentimes feel taken advantage of. They feel used by others, and they will live lives of chaos and exhaustion. You know any peacekeepers? Are you just a peacekeeper? Oftentimes, peacekeepers will ignore truth, and they will not step into spaces because they just hate conflict. But a, but, but, a, but a peacemaker, think about this. A peacemaker, they're committed to telling the truth, but they will do it in love with much grace. They have healthy boundaries which allow relationships to somewhat flourish. Peacemakers are humble enough to confess when they jack something up, and they're also humble enough to pray for somebody else when they've been hurt by that individual. Peacemakers. Peacemakers will pursue reconciliation even if it causes them to risk their own comfort. Peacemakers, they forgive, and they're open to restoring relationship. I want you to think about this because this is the emphasis of where James takes us, that if you have faith, you're going to have action. It's going to be revealed in how you talk, but it's also going to be revealed in your actions and deeds here. Are you a peacemaker? peacekeeper. Now I also realize that we encounter a lot of people that are peace breakers in every room they walk in and every space they walk in they disrupt it. You know some peace breakers you see them coming you're like oh God. How can I run? Where is the exit? How do I get away from this cancer, this toxic personality? I mean, they're mad, they're controlling, they've got all this inward turmoil, and every time you see them, you're like, they are about to throw some seeds of division. Know anybody like that? Is that you today? So you've gotta ask the question, how do I become a peacemaker? How do I become a peacemaker? And the only way you can become a peacemaker is you've got to get wisdom. That's that's going to be the emphasis of everything he breaks down in this piece here. You've got to have wisdom. Wisdom is not the same as knowledge. It's not the same as information. You've got to get wisdom. The word wisdom in the Greek is the word Sophia. And the word philosophy comes from phila. Love of, Sophia, wisdom. That's where the word philosophy comes from. It's the love of wisdom. But I know a lot of educated people that are not wise because wisdom has nothing to do with your degrees and wisdom has nothing to do with your IQ. You can have all kinds of degrees and still be a fool, still be an idiot. Come on, politicians. Oh, I didn't go there. But wisdom requires transformation, and wisdom is from God. And when you start to look at what is true wisdom, it is received from the Lord. It has to come from God. That's the reason he will even contrast godly wisdom versus wisdom of the world in this text. Listen to what he says in verse 13. Who among you is wise? Sophos. Who has moral reasoning? That's what the word means here. Sophos, is Sophia. Who, who is wise? Who has moral reasoning? And who has the ability to apply it to everyday living? Who, who's wise? Who applies this moral reasoning? He says, who has understanding? Which means they've got true intellect, knowledge of truth. Who, who, who's wise? Who has understanding? Let him show it. Let him show it. Let him put it on display. Let him exhibit it. If you've got true wisdom, it will be displayed. If you're a fool, it will be displayed. If you've got like true intimacy and compassion, it will be displayed. If you've got hate and anger, it's going to be displayed. He goes, you say you got faith? You say you're wise? You say you have understanding? Show it. Live it. Prove it. That's what James is saying here. He goes, uh, do it by your good behavior. Do it by good deeds with your action and the gentleness and humility of wisdom. Live it. Show it. Prove it. Because your lifestyle reveals whether you're wise or not. It's not, again, the amount of education or information or knowledge James is going to give us an incredible test here of what wisdom looks like. He goes, if you're wise, you'll show it in your lifestyle. It'll be based on how you live and not what you say because talk is cheap. And a lot of people think that if they can just come up with clever cliches and and capture statements, oh, that guy's wise. No, he's got a good cliché. He goes, if you're really wise, you're going to show it with your life. And it's going to be revealed. It's going to be revealed in your relationships and in your character. If you're truly wise, it manifests in, in your relationships with other people. It's going to be revealed in your character. So you've got to ask the question how well do I get along with other people? How well do other people get along with me? Because wisdom gives birth to humility, where knowledge oftentimes causes pride and arrogance. And it's a contradiction of the gospel. He goes on to say in verse 14, if you have bitter jealousy, bitter, it literally translates undrinkable water, jealousy, you've got resentment toward others, If you've got selfish ambition, which means you're so consumed inside your heart with just achieving your agenda. If you've got bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, listen to what he says. Then do not be arrogant and lie against the truth. That that kind of wisdom is not that which comes down from the Father above. That is earthly, that's natural, that's demonic. Where there's jealousy... And where there's selfish ambition, there's all kinds of disorder in every evil thing. How you doing there? You got bitterness inside and jealousy and resentment and control issues and you've got to have things your way? James goes, please, please Stop. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel, the wisdom from above. That's not, that, that's not the way it looks. And he's contrasting what wisdom looks like and what jealousy and selfish ambition looks like. And the emphasis that he's making is this Do you not realize that a lack of wisdom creates and causes all types of confusion and chaos? It, it, You say you know God and you're functioning in the logical and God has invited you to really know him and function in the theological and you claim that you know God but you function in the natural where you have the Holy Spirit and you can function in the supernatural. Don't you want to live a theological supernatural life? I mean, don't you want to reflect the goodness and glory of God? Do you struggle with jealousy and selfish ambition? Do you create confusion inside your home? Do you have all kinds of chaos at work? Is your life a mess? That's what he's saying, does conflict just kind of surround you and chase you? How well do you get along with other people, especially when you don't get your way? Are you wise? He gives us this wisdom test. Look at it, verse 17. The, the wisdom from above, the wisdom of God, it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's reasonable, it's full of mercy and good fruit. It's unwavering. It's without hypocrisy. It's sincere. But ask the question. It's pure. Do those closest to me trust me? Do they look and go, I trust your why? I woke up the other morning pondering this thought. We live in this like easy cliche culture, right? It's so easy to talk with people, meet with people. We can get on the phone with one another, Alan, and go, hey, man, great talking to you. Love your brother. Have a great day. Or we can meet people here at church on Sunday morning. We can high-five, interact. Hey, Richard, love you, bro. Have a good week. But what about if we could look in the eyes of a person and go, Jeff Gwynn, I trust you. I respect you. I value you. What carries more weight for one man to look at another man and say, I trust you? Kevin Reach, I trust you, I respect you, I value you, because you know what that's emphasizing? Hey, 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 I believe you to be pure. Do those closest to me trust me? Peaceable. How well do I get along with other people? That's my how, how I do life every day. How, how well do I treat those who can do nothing for me? How well do I treat those that have wronged me? How, how well do I treat those that don't agree with me? The, the, the Wisdom from above is peaceable. He says it's, uh, it's gentle. It means that you're considerate of others. You, you look and you go, That that one right there is considerate and gentle. They're mindful of other people. The world don't revolve around them. They haven't created their own little cosmos. They're mindful of other people. He goes, uh, they're reasonable. Do you always have to win and be right? I'm going to break this down. Merciful. man. They respond well to those who are weak and and hurting and knocked down. They're unwavering. They they stand on principle consistently. They're they're not always wishy-washy. They stay strong there, but yet they love other people and treat other people with dignity. They're sincere. They're a straight shooter. They don't have all this hypocrisy. Come on, take the test. I've been taking the test this last week, these last few weeks. Pure, peaceable, gentle. Let me give you six principles. Wisdom, true wisdom of God inspires integrity. Pure. The the, the wisdom is pure. It's not corrupted. It's not stained. It's authentic. It's it's genuine. Even if I'm wise, I'm not going to cheat you. And I'm not going to lie to you and I'm not going to mistreat you and I'm not going to manipulate you and I'm not going to control you and I'm not going to try to dominate you. If I'm walking in God's wisdom, it's pure. Healthy relationships, marriage, friendships, partnerships and business, even koinonia fellowship inside the church. Healthy relationships are built on trust and respect where there's integrity Integrity. I mean, three weeks ago, sitting there watching my dad take his last breaths, and then those conversations with people that I've had over these last weeks from the celebration of life service and all this interaction, people have said that your dad was genuine. He didn't cheat people out of money, he didn't lie, he, he, he was consistent my daddy. He was the most intelligent eighth grade dropout I've ever met because he had supernatural theological wisdom. I looked at him and I was like, that's a wise dude right there having to quit school at 15 because he was the oldest of six and go to work to help support the rest of their family because his dad had squandered money away, my papa had. I got to quit school and help support them. But he worked, and people looked at him and said, the man was pure. I'm like, that's what I grew up with, authentic. Listen to this, Proverbs ten nine, People with integrity have firm footing, that's good. But those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. Are you a person of integrity? Because people with integrity are not afraid of being found out because they don't say one thing to one person and something else over here. Their life is pure, it's not a contradiction. Because if you've got wisdom, Harold, you're going to be pure. It's going to reveal itself in purity. And how we treat truth and how we treat others is absolutely crucial. Pure. And, and none of us are smart enough and sharp enough to be a habitual liar because you're eventually going to slip up and contradict yourself. It, it's so much easier to live in the land of truth. And Mark Twain said, when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And that was a safeguard for this old simple boy. I'm like, when you lie and you live a life of deceit and you're constantly trying to cover your trail, he goes, just just tell the truth. So wisdom from above inspires integrity. Oh, you got to get this. The wisdom of God encourages unity. It promotes unity. It's peaceable. Wise people. You, you can just look at people and just hang out with people, and here's what you'll find. Wise people care about promoting the unity of the Spirit. Man, that person comes in and they kind of get things centered back up. But they know how to get along with others. They're not always looking for a fight. Wise. They're peaceable. I've heard it said that some people are so argumentative that they'll only eat food that disagrees with them. You know anybody like that? They're just looking for Something. That will disagree with them. Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, any fool can start arguments. Contrast wisdom and foolishness. The wise thing to do is to stay out of them. You you do, you do, you do have to ask this question. Do, Do I know what causes fights and arguments? If you're wise, you do because you avoid a lot of them. But if you're a fool. I just don't know why I can't have peace with these people. What's the common denominator? Everywhere you go, there's chaos. Everywhere you go, there's division. Are you peaceable? Are you peaceable? And if you're wise, I promise you, you will avoid two major umbrellas that crush relationships, you will avoid comparing and you will avoid condemning. Comparison is the death of contentment. You know, you're just like your compare. Or why can't you be like compare? Or when I was your age, I know you walked five miles to school in the stinking snow, I've heard it. When you were my age. But when you use those kind of statements of comparing, all you're doing is inviting conflict and arguments and fights. Comparing. When I was your age. Paul even said in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12, when we compare ourselves with ourselves, we're the most foolish of uh, uh, of all people. What he's basically saying is comparison is ignorant. Comparison is insane. Comparison does not work. If you're peaceable, you'll avoid comparing. And then condemning? It's your fault. You should be ashamed. I mean, just condemning statements. You always, those are great ways to start a conversation in marriage. You always, or you never, or you should, or you shouldn't. start to say that and I'm like y'all are crazy I mean you guys are going to have more fireworks than you can deal with you're condemning other people you destroy other people Stacy, the art of being wise is knowing what to overlook at times I've only got so much blood in my body I can't fight every issue going on Some people are spiritually anemic because they fight all the time. It's like, what's wrong? Just know what to overlook at times. I'm not saying you become tolerant. Tolerance is the virtue for the man with no conviction. I'm not saying you just tolerate everything, but there's a way to be peaceable. Proverbs 14, 29, people with understanding control their anger, a hot temper, Shows great foolishness. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's encourage unity. Here's a third one. Wisdom does not criticize others. Building off comparing, building off condemning. It's gentle, it's considerate. It is mindful that other people have feelings. It is mindful that other people have needs. Proverbs fifteen four says, gentle words bring life and health but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. A gentle answer turns away wrath. And when we react to other people's emotions, when they're tripping, we normally say things that hurt. It's like, I don't want to react to that. They're all over the map emotionally. And and you know what I know we never know on any given day what all another person is going through. It's like, man, I don't know how their week's been. I, I don't know what their day's been like. I don't know how tired they are. I don't know how exhausted they are. I, I don't know how spent they are. And I've been so mindful of that over these last weeks. I mean, these hospice nurses that are coming in, like taking care of dad. And the one girl, on the day my dad passed away, like at 11 o'clock, she comes over, and I'm like, Teresa, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm just tired. I've already had to write. I mean, three people have died today that I've been a part of these families. And, and if you, you just look at her and go, What? Three families that you've ministered to and had interaction with, knowing this was going to be a fourth one here. I don't know how many more you got. But when you look at people going, why is she so edgy? What's her option? I don't know what other people have gone through. And sometimes I can tell you, dude's having an off day or he's having an off moment. you're there at Scottish Rite and Hannah's there for almost two weeks. And and Barb goes, did you see the name on the door across the hallway? This family's come in with their two-year-old and the baby's name is Lucifer. Man, wonder what hurt that couple. Wonder how they could even get to a place to want to name their baby that way. What kind of pain had been a inflicted on them, instead of seeing them and go, you're so stupid, what a idiot, The hey man, how are you doing? What's your story? I mean, we're all fragile, we all get tired. And you know what I know about wisdom? Wisdom pauses and considers the other person. How you doing? And just listen. Be be, be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. The wisdom from above, it's it's peaceable. And I've learned just extending grace and benefit of the doubt to others is considerate. Here's another thing he he builds on here. I, I hope that you're open to the Holy Spirit rearranging some things in your life because this has spoke to me so heavy. Wisdom, it desires spiritual growth. It, it desires to yield to the Lord. It's reasonable. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. Wisdom is reasonable. It'll, oh, listen to this one. It allows discussion. A, a wise person can learn from pretty much anybody. If you listen, wisdom is not defensive. Kevin, you made this statement the other day. Here I am, 50-something years old, been coaching for all these years. I learned from Benji, who's 26 years old. Why? Because you're reasonable. You're open to learn from others. I learned from my son, Caleb. I learned from Hannah. I learned, I'm like, I just learned something there. When you're open to discuss and reason with others... It's amazing what God may want to show you. I can promise you this. When you break down the Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit, being stubborn is not a fruit of the Spirit. dude. so stubborn. Listen. Idea. Suggestions. You know what we have to conclude? Other people really do have some good ideas and suggestions at times. If I'm reasonable, but most of us are so sensitive and we get defensive and somebody shares a vague idea and all of a sudden we get defensive. I've had that happen so much on Sunday. I'll use a vague illustration. And I've had people come up going, well, I can't believe you wanted to dog me in front of everybody else. What's your name? You think I'm going to be so passive aggressive that I would launch this podium is an aim at you? I'm just sharing a general truth principle. Some people are so sensitive. They're so defensive. And James goes, stop, that's dumb. Don't take everything personal. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, a fool thinks he needs no advice. A wise man listens to others. If it's true, listen to it and learn from it. If it's a lie and if it's false, Ignore it and keep walking. We we, we can do that kind of stuff. But it's when we start to empower insanity. It's like, if I'm wise, I'm going to be reasonable. Let's talk through this. Wisdom, point five, does not emphasize the mistakes of others. Wisdom is full of mercy. Mercy is the compassion and kindness of Christ being extended to a person living in misery i put that one right there. That person's merciful. They extend the grace and compassion and kindness of God to a person living in misery. Do you dog people when they mess up, when they screw up, when they have failures and mistakes? Do you hold them as a hostage based on their failure, even though maybe they've repented and, and, and changed and... They've asked you for forgiveness and you see noticeable change. Do you still hold them hostage for their past? you, 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 you got a tendency of just remembering and, and digging up past failures? I wrote this out this week. Refuse, refuse, refuse to label a person based on their greatest failure. If you label me based on my greatest failure... I'm incarcerated, I'm dead, I'm stoned, I'm done. The truest thing about Blake is that he is the the beloved of God. The truest thing about him is not his greatest failure, it's God's greatest success of conquering death, hell, and the grave. He's the redeemed of God, he's the beloved of God. But we label people oftentimes and box them in, and we, we put such a lid on them and they can't grow. When somebody struggles, don't beat them up. We all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. We're all fragile at times. I don't need any encouragement. I'm good. No, you're prideful, you're egotistical. Wisdom is full of mercy and good fruits. And good fruits is about action. It's about being a doer of the word. It's about actually doing something to bless somebody who's maybe broken and hurting. How you doing? It's been a tough week. It's been a tough month. It's been a tough journey for some people in this room. You've lost children and it's been tough. For some of you, you've lost a friend that you were walking through life with in our recovery ministry who went back and od It's been tough. It's like, show good fruit. Extend a word of encouragement and blessing. Be a doer. I wrap it with this. Wisdom will not cover up personal weaknesses. Wisdom is unwavering, and it's without hypocrisy, uh, you got to be straight up. Image is not the same thing as substance and reality. Image is what we want to present to other people. It's the external. Oftentimes, image is so inconsistent with our reality. And if you go back and study in ancient times, you didn't have all of the costumes and all of the makeup and all of these different actors. You would have two or three people that would do the entire play, the entire theater, the entire drama, and they would play five or six different roles. But what they would do is they would hold up a mask as they were speaking into this part or playing that person, and then they would drop it and they would hold up another mask. And the word hypocrisy comes from Greek theater of that day, and the word hypocrisy literally means the ones with mask, Multiple faces. Do you hear me? Uh, that person right there is a hypocrite. They've got multiple faces. They're pretenders. They've got different characters. They're concerned with image. Can I tell you something? People with character refuse masks. And I've had people say, well, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable going to church. I, I still drink. I still cuss. I still, I still. Are you consistent wherever you're at? Do you really want to change? It's the person who comes in who puts on the mask, how are you doing, fine, but they've got porn addiction and alcohol and drug addiction, and they're cheating on their spouse, and everything's good. That's hypocritical because you're presenting one face that's inconsistent with your reality. The reason our recovery ministry works is people come in, and you bring your true face. How are you doing? Struggling. You're not a hypocrite. You're struggling. And I can promise you this. If you are committed to wearing a mask, you will struggle here at the cross because this is a place, honestly, for real people with real sin issues, with real addictions and real hangups and real hurts and real pain and real family problems that are trying to figure it out that say, hey, are y'all willing to struggle with me? Come on, Spencer, we'll struggle with you. Well, we will struggle with you. The gospel can absolutely transform and change who you are, but you're not gonna experience transformation with masks. How are you doing? You've got to get into the core, the soul of who you are. The wisdom from above. It's pure, it's peaceful, it's gentle. Proverbs 28:13 says, "You will never succeed in life if you hide and mask your sin." You're never going to succeed. You're never going to really get ahead if you're constantly masking and hiding and covering Wise people are open and almost brutally honest at times, and they're not phony. I'm not saying you throw your pearl before swine and you say everything about yourself to whoever you meet, and you're not just airing your dirty laundry wherever you go, but it's like, how are you doing? Because it's so dumb to pretend that you've got it all together because you don't, and I don't, and we don't. How you doing? Well, two hours ago, I was doing all right, but right now, I'm doing, <laughs> and we go through the ebbs and flows of life. I personally can tell you, I appreciate honesty and transparency and a desire to say, help me process some of this, please. I'm stuck. I'm like, come on. And David, we have talked, man, in so many church circles, so much of the emphasis is placed on image. And we're starving for a community where we can be known and know other people. Here's my rap. The resolve is this. Back to James chapter 1. If any of you lack wisdom, ask God. Anybody struggling with wisdom, ask God, seek God, pursue God, trust God, get into the word of God, come through the wisdom of God. Any, any, anybody lack like it? Ask God. Wisdom comes from the Lord. It's a gift from God. If I'm wise, I will maximize every opportunity to grow spiritually. If I'm wise, how can I allow the Lord to redeem this to grow me spiritually? If I'm wise, I'm not going to criticize how God deals with me, but I will accept the discipline of the Lord and the correction of God without resistance and bitterness. If I'm wise, if, if I'm wise, I will not compromise the truth of God and start just to lean into secular cultural views that don't work? What what does God say? If I'm wise, I will not antagonize others with sarcastic jabs because the word sarcasm means to cut the flesh, and I'm not going to criticize you and condemn you and rip you. I want to see you grow, and I want to see you experience God's healing. If I'm wise, I will seek to glorify God and love my neighbor, right? If I'm really wise, I want to glorify God and love my neighbor. People say, hey, I could really live the Christian life if, if it wasn't for people. No, you couldn't because living the Christian life means loving your neighbor. And if you eliminated people, it becomes all about you anyway. Let's pray.